Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night blessing time together. Thank you for coming by on this special occasion on a Sunday night that we get to be together with the Lord in, in his good word. Amen. I have been especially blessed in these last days with some of the comments and um, things that have been sent to me, uh, words of encouragement and so forth. Just wanted to pass that back to you and thank those who have done that. It's a it's an encouraging word, a pat on the back, a pat on the head from the Father is always a wonderful thing. Isn't that something? So I'm George Watkins, if we haven't met before. And if you haven't uh, subscribed to YouTube or give me a friend's invite, uh, you know, a friend like on uh, Facebook, do so. And we will continue to come back into your home. Be sure to hit that little bell next to the subscribe. I guess that let you know when we're on again. It's an interesting world, this world of the internet. It's a miracle gift God's given to us who love to preach the gospel and share good news and communicate with friends. Amen. Well, the subject tonight is you can't, <laughs> you can't hide maturity. You can't hide maturity. I, <laughs> I, have a funny experience once in a while now that I'm a mature senior, a maturing senior. Every once in a while, a, a woman, a young woman, will open the door for me when I'm heading to the post office, you know. And I suddenly realize, wait a minute now, she thinks I'm grandpa. <laughs> well, truth is, I am. But there's something about the development of the physical body that exposes the fact that you're not 19 anymore. i tell you a funny story. I was, uh, I was chosen to be the, uh, uh, the overseer, you know, the supervisor for my oldest son's senior graduation party. They were going to go to Disneyland. Now we live in the Northwest. So that was a pretty good plane flight and hotels and, spent about a week down there. So I'm chosen. There's about six boys that went and I'm with them in the hotels and and all the theme parks and all the places we went to eat. So we're in the hotel and we there's a hot tub outside so we all jump in there and I'm with them. Now by, by now I'm feeling like I'm, you know, 19. <laughs> I'm thinking, "Hey, I'm one of the guys." Well, they were having a big bash in the ballroom, a um, high school graduation. And the guards come by and said, what are you guys doing in the pool? Get back in. Wait a minute now. We're hotel members. I get out of the pool and approach them. And I feel I have to explain that I'm older than the guys in the pool. <laughs> it was, I laughed about it later. I felt kind of dumb at the time or silly. And they pretty well knew I wasn't 19 or 17 because I had developed a look and maturity will show off. Now, in life and in gifts and in talents and in ministry and anointings and leadership, all these things come to a surface, to the surface, if you are persistent. Okay, there are a bunch of, and that's a, 
not a very articulate way to say it, just a whole bunch of CEOs in corporate and business heads that are leading companies all around the country that started off in the mailroom. But they had several things going for them. They had a desire to excel and they loved what they were doing. So they put themselves in. They practiced their their skills and gifts. They were diligent and persistent and they kept their eye on the ball or the vision and mix some time in there, put a little time in there and you have a person, a man or a woman that is promoted up to a place where they become you know, the head person. It's called maturity. A gift, a gift being the fact that you have a talent. Say you love baseball or basketball. So what do you do? You practice, you practice, you practice. You carry a ball with you all the time. I I loved basketball a little bit, and I loved baseball a little bit, but I didn't love it as much as I did the call that was on my part. Now, some of my friends pursued that and they went into uh, higher leagues, even some professional leagues, because they talked it, they loved it, they knew the scores of all the teams and they practiced and they practiced. We had a little basketball team in the church and all I could do was call fouls. I was a a referee. And I, all I knew was three, you know, you were in the key too long and you have to shoot again. So what you practice will mature and develop. This discouraging thing about prophecy is that many people feel like if it doesn't come to pass by a weekend, you know, after the prophecy conference is over and someone said, you're going to be the greatest thing since sliced cheese, you're going to save the whole world. (laughs) Little exaggeration, maybe not much in some cases. And suddenly the young convert or the, or the newbie that's just, you know, has hunger and wants to do something big. Discouragement comes when it didn't happen in a week and a half. Well, What's that statement that uh, he became an overnight set success, only took him 15 years to do it? Yeah. So what do you do? You hit the courts or you hit the baseball field and you practice and you play and you play in the minor leagues and you play on the weekends and you swing the ball. Or if you're a basketball person, you bounce the ball and you have a, lo- a hoop in the back of the, of the house and you're sinking baskets. One day, while you're on the court, there's a scout that spots maturity. You've developed a, a skill now that's that's being noticed, and you get chose to go to the team, and you know the rest is history. So, in our spiritual life, God notices faithfulness and maturity. Look at Mark uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25 has three individuals they become well known to some of us as we talk about it and teach it the master of the of the vineyard or the plantation wherever they were working gave these three fellas valuable things five talents two talents and one talent a lot of value there 
it, it wasn't just, it, it was something that could be traded, something could be invested. Now, the two, the first two, they knew the heart of the, of the master. They knew what his background was. They knew his desires, his attitude, where he wanted to go in life, what the theme of the, of the farm or the vineyard was. So they put their, uh, they put their talent to increase. They planted it or put it in a bank or something. The one guy had one talent. He hid it in the ground because he had fear, the fear of the master. He, he knew the master, you know, had a, had a tough something because he was afraid of something. You know, he made it up, I suppose. Well, he lost his, didn't he? Why? Because he had fear. Fear has torment. Fear blinds us. Fear causes us to make wrong decisions. It makes it causes us not to invest our talents. Well, why should I even try? I know someone who tried and they failed. Well, I know someone did that and, and they got, you know, they lost all their money. I'm not going to invest my money in anything. I'm going to keep it and hoard it and put it in the ground. Oh my, how many young men or women have had a call on their life to do something important for God? for the church, for the kingdom, for um, for the human race, whether it be a teacher in the school, in a public school, or a missionary teacher, or a builder in the local town, or a builder of churches around the world, whatever your gifting and talent was, you had a desire. That desire then takes some practice, some diligence, some faithfulness, and some time. You mix some time in there. Look at the scripture that says, and Jesus grew, and there were several sections he grew in. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with men and favor with God. So he had a, he had a soul, social growth where he was interchanged. He knew how to talk to people. For instance, <clears throat> I'm called to be the greatest preacher God ever invented. And yet my soul life is underdeveloped and I can't look people in the eye and I can't, you know, I'm so bashful that I stay in home. I hide in the closet. That will keep me from being the greatest thing God ever invented and wanted me to do something. The same with any kind of talent you have. You have a desire to open a business. You have a, a, a gifting, you want to display a craft, you want to build an idea you want to make, but yet you have something that keeps you back. Now, what do you do with that? Well, number one, you ask the Lord for wisdom. We're talking spiritual stuff here. You ask the Lord for understanding, and then, and then you go to people that have the ability to train you and teach you. You have the, they have the, have the ability. Maybe they're doing something like you're doing, and so they show you the basics. They show you how to put things together. If it's a business, you go to a business expert, and he shows you how to build your business correctly. I had a desire in 1973, and my uncle in Southern California was in the middle of a hot, charismatic Boom. I mean, it was an explosion in Southern California in his church. And so 
I was counseling with uh, Jerry Cook in, in Portland, great pastor there. I had breakfast with him on occasion, and he said, George, if you're going to do something, you need to get around people who are doing it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That was a revelation. Okay. So I called my uncle up, asked him if, if I could come down. Just wanted to sit in the church. Well, he knew better than that, and he put me on staff. And I, I learned more about my future development there than any other two years I'd ever had in the ministry. Now, I'd been traveling as an evangelist. I'd been developing preaching skills and um, praying skills and prophesying, but I had not had the opportunity to develop a team mentality, didn't know how to function in an office, didn't know how to develop a, a vision, a, a physical vision in a church. You know, so those two years were critical for me, and I had to go to someone who knew how to do it. God led me there. When I came out of there, I had an ability to go to in, into the Northwest and build our church for the next 30, 29 years. Okay, now, what is in your heart? What is the desire you have? We want it to come to maturity, so what do we do? We put it in the ground, we water it. Mark 4 says that they put the seed in the ground, and when it was in good ground, it came forth 30, 60, and 100. There's some bad ground there. For instance, don't plant your business in the wrong side of town where no people are if it's a retail business. If it's a manufacturing business, you know, you don't need people to come to your door. Put it on the country somewhere. But if you want people to come by your brick and mortar store, put it on a main street. Now, if you're going to if you're going to follow your desire, let that seed go in the ground, give it some water, and mix it with some time, and practice your skill, practice your desire. Amen. They tell me that a writer a writer, someone who writes books. <laughs> I should say a typer now, you know, you, you type your stuff. They write. They write every day. They write notes. They write little pages. They write a, a story. A writer writes. Why? Because it improves their skill. It improves their skill. For a number of years, I wrote a uh, article every Wednesday and put it in the church bulletin. Now, I hadn't written much up until that time, but we had an expert English, college English teacher, and she would take my article and we would sit down and she would go over that article and she would teach and train and discipline and correct. After four or five years, I got pretty good. I learned... I learned more than I did in school, I'll tell you that, because in school it kind of went over my head, but to sit down and be disciplined and mentored by that uh, expert college English teacher was something that changed my ability to write. Now, now when I write, of course, the skill comes out of the Holy Ghost mostly because what I hear, I write down. Okay. Now, this, um, this Matthew 25 with the three and Mark 4 
where he puts the seed in good ground. How do you find good ground? All right. Spirit of wisdom is something that we're to ask for. He said, if you've got something, ask for it. So he said, ask largely. So Lord, give me wisdom and how to follow my hunger, desire, and purpose. I'm talking to some of you that have uh, gone past your young years and your seniors. Perhaps you've already hung up your, uh, you know, your baton. <laughs> you're, you're in those years when you're not producing. Do not be deceived. I heard someone say the, the other day, and it really encouraged me <laughs> personally, that this age we're in, there are more people that are beginning a new career or a, or a, you know, a refresh something in their 80s because people are living longer. Their health is, is stronger. There's, you're not through until you're through, folks, because the spirit in you is ageless. And if you let God give you an, a, a direction, there's things to be done while you're breathing air. Amen. Well, it's true. In the natural, there's a societal attitude that, well, now that I'm retired, I guess I'll fish the rest of my life. And yet you've got wisdom that you accumulated for 50 years or 60 years, and you're not doing anything with it. Go to the community college and tell them you know how to build things. They'll put you on as an assistant person in the schoolroom. You don't have to have big degrees to do that. Or perhaps you know how to put together homemaking, or maybe you're an expert in computers and you're just sitting around doing nothing. Let it continue to develop and watch God use you in some special ways. Now, taking the physical side apart aside, how about your ability to stand in the gap in intercession? How about your ability to hear the voice of the Lord for specific targeted prayer for people? God can awaken you in a night vision, give you a word, give you a face that you can pray for. Some of the stories that have come through our, through the channels that we have, you know, different peoples talking about miracles, is a story that came out of the Russia area, you know, the Soviet Union. One of those little nations that had a prayer group that prayed for a town or a situation in, in America. And they didn't even know where it was. They just had a name. And they interceded for that situation. Now, it took a while for the stories to get together until they could they could see they could see the connection that this small little prayer group of people that no one knew about and didn't have any prominence anywhere except in the kingdom changed the course of somebody that the Holy Spirit had targeted their prayers to go to. Wow, are we ever on the learning curve in this era we're in? I tell you, sometimes I feel like, like such a novice when, it, when I see how much we don't know about God and his kingdom and how much I want to know about God and his kingdom. 
and every day is a discovery. What do they? What do, what do we say? Revelation is what you know. Mysteries are what you don't know, or what you're gonna know. <laughs> so let's open our heart for for new and fresh mysteries. How about it? You can't hide maturity; it will stick out. And that spiritual scout, those angels and the Holy Ghost, they'll 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 notice that. God knows notices faithfulness. Look at this in Matthew twenty-five. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's that's being promoted because God notices maturity. Amen. I think that statement really goes home, you know, hits home when they say, character is what you do when no one's looking <laughs> or taking a picture. Amen. Well, bless you on this Sunday night. Stay with it. Stay steady. Let your desires mature. Let God bring that to pass in Jesus' name. Don't forget, subscribe and thumbs up and all the good things we you can do for us on YouTube. And for those that have sent us a gift, thank you so much. A blessing, a blessing, a double blessing. We bless you back. God's nudging you to send us a financial support. You can do that through PayPal in the notes below or the address. God bless you. We'll see you in the morning, bright and early.